0: In George Orwell's Animal Farm, the animal population at the poorly managed Manor Farm revolt and overthrow the human farmer who oppresses them.
1: To the world we all know, which may or may not be the best world possible, once again springtime had come. But all the magic of spring was not enough to conceal the misery of Manor Farm.
0: Two pigs. Napoleon and Snowball assume control of the farm and announce plans to modernize by building a windmill. They elevate themselves to positions of leadership and create commandments like All animals
1: are equal.
0: When Napoleon asserts his power through deception and pushes Snowball out, he claims the idea of the windmill as his own and purges disloyal animals from the farm the animals work harder and they suffer hardship but are easily placated by Napoleon's retort that they're better off with him than with the farmer the windmill is eventually finished but at great cost to the animals it's nothing special and nothing like they were promised no running water lighting or heating the animals who were a part of the original rebellion are old or dead while Napoleon and his cronies amass wealth and whiskey They restore the farm's original name and adjust their once-revered commandment to all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. At a time of vulnerability, almost anyone's dream of a secure, utopian existence can be used to assert totalitarian deception. What if I told you... You could have everything you ever wanted. These things, as they often do, come with a price. This is a podcast about multi level marketing. Each episode, I cover their inner workings, origins, and nuances. I try to answer the question is this the opportunity of a lifetime? Or the illusion of one. And takes you to
2: a
3: perfect form
0: My name is Jill, and you're listening to Opportunity Cost. This is a harsh kind of
1: business
4: and will require a harsh kind of man to see to it.
0: As this topic is particularly litigious, I need to make a quick disclaimer. This podcast contains my opinion. Everything in this podcast falls under fair use. No claims made about MLMs in general necessarily apply to the particular company I'm discussing in this episode. No statements made by distributors or former distributors in this podcast are necessarily representative of the company's views. Coming up on Opportunity Cost.
3: Some of you. Right here
2: this weekend, you're going to leave this weekend and for the first time in your life, you're going to say and realize, I've got wings, I can fly, I'm a winner, I'm going to do it because I have freedom in America.
1: Amway, short for the American way, is nothing less than a national phenomenon, but there is more to Amway than soap. What they're really selling is hope, the hope of getting rich beyond your wildest dreams
3: when my coworker actually approached me about it. She just approached me not from the perspective of, oh, I'm in Amway, it was the perspective of, I have a mentor that retired at 22. So there's this process you go through until you have to get vetted before you can actually meet this mentor. And if you happen to pass all the tests, basically, you know, you were able to kind of interact with him.
4: And as I wander and as you wander, you find people who don't believe that people should be rewarded in direct proportion to the effort they put forth. They think that all people should be treated equally. What they really mean to say is that everybody should be equally poor. I believe enough in our system that I maintain anybody who wants to and is willing to put forth the effort can solve their own poverty problem. I think being poor is something many people do
3: that's one thing that i really realized that they keep you so busy and so um busy reading books and listening to audios you're not actually thinking you're just regurgitating a lot of stuff that you heard or read already so you don't have a lot of time to think about like this doesn't make any sense or think about the fact that you're being brainwashed or think about the fact that you're recruiting people into something that's not working
0: If you're listening to this, and you spend any time on the internet, you've probably heard of MLMs, or at least have been approached by a family member or friend telling you about some great new business opportunity, and that you just have to meet with their mentor, who's retired at the age of 27 and well on his way to becoming a millionaire. I've spent the better part of my career in business, where I help companies understand their position in the market and help them win business from their competitors. From my experience, MLMs operate in an illogical way and antithetical to standards of even basic capitalism. Multi-level marketing goes by a lot of different names, direct selling, social selling, network marketing. They're popping up all over social media. But they have a history that predates the rise of the digital age and reaches back deep into history, to the 1940s. When talking about MLMs, there's really no better place to start than at the beginning, with two friends and business partners, Jay Van Andel and Richard DeVos. In 1949, after starting a hamburger stand, a sailing business, and various other ventures, Jay and Richard were introduced to Neutralite by Jay's second cousin, Neil Muscan. Neutralite was a vitamin company with a multi-level marketing business model, one of the first of its kind.
1: More and more often these days, an interesting story is being presented to men and women in homes and offices all over America. Through a booklet, facts about vitamins, minerals, and Neutralite food supplements. And the person who presents the story is a member of your own community, your Neutralite distributor.
0: After attending a seminar in Chicago, they rapidly began to build and expand, and by 1958 had amassed a team of 5,000 distributors. In 1959, Jay and Richard launched a new company called the American Way, and in 1972, Amway bought a controlling interest in Neutralite. At this time in the 1950s and through to the 70s, the prosperity movement was gaining footholds in Christian revivalist and evangelist circles, which promoted the belief that financial blessing and well-being are the will of God, and that faith, positive speech, and donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth. This message dovetailed nicely into Amway's marketing and messaging, and they position themselves as a faith-oriented and patriotic business opportunity.
4: I think the faith is the foundation of my success because you work on a faith basis that you believe that God's got his hand on you, but as our business moved forward, you realize God has his hand on the whole business and that he brought people to us who were like-minded people or who came, became like-minded people because to do individual selling, you have to have faith in yourself. And that comes from where? That comes from God. Hope, family, and rewards for what you do. But it starts with faith.
0: So, you might be asking, what is multi-level marketing?
1: Soap and Hope is the story of Amway. Amway, short for the American way, is nothing less than a national phenomenon. Amway manufactures hundreds of products, mainly items like soap and floor cleaners, vitamins, cosmetics. Amway distributors buy these products from the Amway Corporation and then sell them mostly out of their homes at a profit. But selling the soap is not how the real money is made in Amway. The real money an Amway distributor can make comes from recruiting other distributors to sell Amway products to. In return, that first distributor gets from Amway A percentage of the business generated by his or her recruits. And when his recruits sponsor recruits of their own, he gets a percentage of their business too. And if he can motivate enough of his recruits to go out and recruit more recruits, each sharing a percentage of their business with him, that's how he gets rich. Jay Van Andel told us just how easy it is for a person to get started in Amway.
4: This business opportunity does not cost a fortune to get into. you don't have to spend 50 or hundred thousand dollars. you buy a little sales kit, 25, 50 dollars worth of products, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're returnable if you decide to quit, you can return it back to your sponsor or the company will make good on it. so you know the risk is very low.
0: As I've stated before, these companies operate in an illogical way, and let me explain why.) <laughs> Basic laws of product demand dictate that a customer base is limited, meaning there's a limited amount of people that are willing to buy a specific product within a certain price point. That means that a company and its equivalents are competing for the same customer. This is why most pricing for products is all within a similar band. Even luxury products stay within striking distance to their competitors. But MLMs do not apply themselves to this rule. Their products are sometimes two to three times the cost of other comparable products available retail or online. And neither does the idea that recruiting more sellers is how you make more sales. Let's say I do 500k in my niche software business last year. Business is good and people are buying. I want to double my sales to 1 million this year which would account for the majority of the limited market availability. So I hire a team of salespeople to help me. The five-person sales team is responsible for 200,000 each and I pay them a 20% commission and a salary. Then I decide, hey, the more the merrier. I'm gonna actually hire 1 million salespeople and they can each be responsible for $1 of sales. Well, I can't pay them very much in commission and I definitely can't pay them a salary. Why would any sane company want their sales force to recruit their own competition, effectively saturating the market and tanking their own profits?
3: a full-time job and I had my business, which I still have now. So it was a lot going on and I was also on a goal to become debt-free and to just get more passive income coming in so that I could eventually leave my job.
0: This is Crystal, a former independent business owner with Amway. She agreed to sit down with me and talk about her experience.
3: I had been thinking about that for a while, but when my coworker actually approached me about it, she just approached me, not from the perspective of, oh, I'm in Amway, it was the perspective of, I have a mentor that retired at 22 and I didn't hear anything she said after that because I was like, he did what? <laughs> and I knew people like that existed. That were really young and they were really rich, but I had never met one personally. So when she said that, I was like, I just want to meet him and just pick his brain for, you know, an hour, if, even if that 10 minutes, whatever, just to hear how he was able to become, um, retire so early and so young. So there's this process you go through until you have to get vetted before you can actually meet this mentor. And maybe a couple of days later, she texted me and she said, oh, hey, um, there's actually a couple that I work with that work with him also that they wa- he wants you to meet them first.
0: Crystal tells me there's a series of QIs or qualifying interviews, as they call it, which are a series of checkpoints and meetings you have with other people inside of the business before they say that they're actually an Amway.
3: So before the, that particular interview, you have to read a book. But the book covers different ways to make income, real estate, stock markets, multi-level marketing. I had to go into that interview having read that book or having read the first three chapters of that book. So... Um, The slideshow basically covered that. It covered what it meant to franchise. It covered what it meant to um, use, you know, um the stock market to make money. It kind of covered it a little bit. And the majority of the slideshow was how to use multi-level marketing or network marketing, so they called it network marketing to make money. So they never revealed the company. It was just the concept that was really kind of revealed and explained so you can better understand before you actually learned it was Amway. And then maybe the time after that, I went to an actual info session. Then after that, I actually got on a phone call with him. And it wasn't anything real. It was just him saying, congratulations, you know, you know, we'd be happy to have you with us. And he didn't really say much more than that.
0: You know, and this is just like an aside for me, but what I find kind of paradoxical about that process, like going through the QIs and like going, like jumping through these hoops is that they're actually feeding you information so that you have a basic understanding of like their philosophy. And it feels to me like they're kind of testing to see how much you are willing to be bought into that kind of thinking before you're even in. And it's like this, this test of being like, I'm going to take a step back and see if you follow me.
3: That was the whole like allure, you know, was that it was just like, he was only mentoring people who, kind of were worth his time like he was just a really like well-off guy who was helping select people and if you happened to like i guess pass all the tests basically you know you were able to kind of interact with him so definitely that was the whole point even when i started recruiting it was all about making it feel like it was exclusive my first local meeting was in person and it was about 30 minutes away from where i was living and when i got there the room was cold there was a ton of people in that room um everybody was super excited everybody was just like bouncing off the wall and i was like what's wrong with these people like what (laughs) like what's really it's one thing to be happy but you can tell there was a lot of forced emotions you know when i walked in the room and I think I sat in the first row. Me and my sponsor, we sat in the very first row because that's where you see people that are that you've recruited. You see them in the very first row, and I watched a presentation. During the Amway information session, they tell you that you make more money by recruiting. They tell you that selling products is fine, but if you want to make more money, you need to recruit. So right out the gate, they let you know that recruitment is where you're making the money. That's where you're able to duplicate yourself is is the term that we used a lot was you want to... It's all about duplication. So if you're selling 50 PV and you have somebody that you sponsor selling that much, and you have somebody else that you sponsor selling that much, you're now responsible for 150 PV. You just tripled you know your your pv by sponsoring so they made it very clear very apparent that that was how you make money was by recruiting
2: thank you all sit down relax we're here tonight to talk to you about success.
0: This is Dexter Yeager, a high-ranking distributor in Amway that arose to prominence in the late 1970s and early 80s.
2: And you know, when you've got that dream and you go out and share it, that's when you start knowing whether you're a leader or you're going to limp home. You know, you've got to get rid of the loser's limp. I get so sick and tired of hearing people talk about luck, luck, luck. That's a loser's excuse for a winner's energy, efforts, and commitment over a long period of time. It's an excuse. It's a cop-out.
0: Alongside Amway's standard compensation plan and rank advancements, there arose an educational component to the rank-and-file local distributor meetings. Groups formed by top distributors like LTD and Worldwide Dream Builders arose to popularity in the 1970s, which began circulating reel-to-reel tapes, cassettes, books, and conferences where distributors could get training from top leaders within Amway. And if one was serious about this business, then they should take their training and development seriously as well. Over the years, this model would become very, very lucrative.
1: This is Jaeger Estates, his 300-acre home, his business headquarters and family compound. These are Dexter's five Rolls Royces, his Cadillacs, his $350,000 motor coach, his stash of antique cars, his horse farm, his tennis court. Dexter is a multimillionaire and all of it comes from Amway. To Dexter, Amway is pure free enterprise.
2: And we've got to keep the free enterprise system alive because that's what made America great.
0: All of this was fronted by Jaeger as the hard-earned financial freedom from selling products and recruiting distributors, and not from the millions of dollars he pulled in from a thriving tool circulation business, which in some years raked in the majority of his income.
2: When we got involved in this business, A lot of people hurt us, a lot of people tried to hurt us, but I closed my mind to those hurts and looked at my dreams. Take the simplest thing, give it your dream, make it give you your drive.
0: I've saved you some time here, and I've listened to hours of motivational Amway seminars. It's not a lot of tactical sales training and a whole lot of this rah rah motivational speaking. They don't say who their salespeople should be talking to or where to find them. They say they should talk to everyone. And they don't tell their salespeople what their commission will be. They tell them to work hard. Your success is entirely dependent on your effort and your faith in God.
2: I prayed and prayed and prayed for months for a business opportunity. I asked God, help me have my own business. And this is the only thing that came by.
0: And if you fail, Well, that's your fault.
2: And I know so many people that pray and pray and pray, and we show them the business and they're still praying and they wonder why they're not getting an answer. They got it. They just rejected God's answer to them.
0: Of all of the tapes I've listened to, 99% of them are speeches and talks given by men. Women are always present in Amway, but usually as adjacent to the success and support of their husbands. This is even more clear after hearing from Bertie, Dexter Yeager's wife.
1: His wife Bertie idolizes him. I read back to her something that she had said about her husband. He's the greatest person I've ever known. When I look at him, you said, I see Jesus. I want you to listen to him. I know that you'll see Jesus too. You really feel that way about your fellow? Mm-hmm. And what, what has been your function along the way, Bertie?
4: Just kind of helping him and. Doing what does that paperwork. mean,
1: just kind of helping him?
4: <laughs> well, whatever I guess he needs to have me do that day. Well, we, I guess that's been probably my biggest role is helping the wives help their husbands.
0: Here's Crystal again talking about signing up for a similar motivational organization called LTD.
3: So the AML was a part of was called LTD. That's leadership team development. LTD was not Amway. They were just the motivational organization that helped you and pumped you up so you can build Amway and actually be successful in it. So there was two separate fees I was paying. There was the LTD fee that I paid. And then there was the fee for Amway that I paid to get the they send you like a welcome kit that has some sample products in it, some catalogs, some tips, a notebook that you can write in for sales, stuff like that. So I know the Amway kit was around $65, maybe $66. And for LTD, the first few months, I think you only paid like $35. And then after that, you got you had to pay $90 a month.
0: Included in the fee for LTD were a series of proprietary applications owned by LTD themselves, which housed audio recordings, messaging platforms, and script materials for recruiting.
3: So we would use those apps to communicate with our uplines and with everybody else on our team. We texted every once in a while, but for the most part, they wanted you to use the messaging app. And now in hindsight, I see why, because they didn't want you to have any evidence. Because once I left i have no access to those apps anymore all those video recordings audio recordings that i made and sent out i don't have access to those anymore and then i had to buy my first conference ticket as well which was 120 bucks so i ended up shelling out i don't even know it goes to like 250 bucks that very first time i paid anything because i bought the ticket i bought the N-way kit and i paid for my membership with ltd so they told you um, that you're paying for conference, that those are for a year. So you're paying for that every quarter. You'd be paying for weekly meetings. It was 10 a week, every Tuesday. And they said that you have to maintain 50 PV because you have to have 50 PV in Amway to actually get paid from Amway. If you have anything less, you're not going to get paid from Amway. But but yeah, they did break down like what you would be kind of coming out of pocket per month, per year. And that's why I had a hard time sponsoring was because by the time I got to that interview, that was QI3, I think people were like, I don't have that kind of money to spend every month. People were just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't have it. You know what I mean? So that was a deterrent for a lot of people because that's not changed. You know, that that's a significant amount of money you're paying every month.
0: As Crystal stayed in Amway, she also told me about an undercurrent of uplines persuading recruits to bring their spouses into the business with them.
3: Every platinum and above was a married couple. It wasn't all in your face, you know, like you have to be a couple to build this, but it was pretty clear that. Two is better than one, basically, because you're able to cover more ground. It's a lot of work to do because you're having to recruit, you're having to sell products, you're having to keep up with all these um, night owls and all these meetings and trainings. So it's a lot. So if you can split that in half with your partner, that, you know, kind of lightens the load and you can actually cover more ground. I was single when I was in the business initially. Um, but as I was leaving out, I got engaged and it was definitely a, um, pull. to you know, bring him in, do this, do that. And my upline coaches, the husband and wife, they met with me and my then fiance, um, they met with us. We just ate dinner, but it was clear that they were trying to show him that it's something that he should, you know, want to be a part of and want to join. And my, my husband, well, we're married now. My husband is so funny. He was just like, and He was like, mm. <laughs> he sat through the trainings and whatnot, but he was just like, I'm good. He was like, I'm, I'll support you, but I'm going to pass. And I remember just having so much respect for him. I was just like, I, I can't even get upset. Like, okay, you know what I mean? It was just, it is what it is.
0: Over the 70s and 80s, Amway would explode into international markets and develop new lines of products.
1: Say, I missed my flight. Can you
4: get me to my pro-Am? I can get you there. Oh, great. Our in-flight meal, Mr. Hope, an Amway food bar. Does Amway make this? Amway offers over 350 home care, housewares, nutrition, and personal care products. How come you know about Amway? My wife and I have our own part-time Amway business. We're building financial independence.
2: Sounds like you're really flying
1: with Amway. Contact an Amway distributor and get the whole story.
0: But this era of prosperity was not without its controversy for Amway. The difference between your run-of-the-mill pyramid scheme and MLMs are separated by what I believe to be a tiny thread of legal precedent set nearly 45 years ago. In 1975, the FTC filed a complaint concerning the business practices of Amway, alleging five counts of violating the Federal Trade Commission Act. Companies before them, Holiday Magic, and Coscott, had been targeted and systematically dismantled by the FTC, so Amway had every reason to be concerned. But Amway had something up their sleeves that the others did not. The President of the United States, Gerald Ford. Ford was from Grand Rapids, Michigan, in Amway's own backyard. Jay Van Andel and Rich DeVos quickly took advantage of their closeness to Ford and even met with him in the White House as litigation with the FTC was rolling in. The FTC alleged that Amway restricted distributors' advertising, misrepresented their ability to make a profit, and failed to disclose business expenses and high distributor turnover. In this landmark case, Amway argued that they had rules in place to prevent inventory loading, a buyback policy, and the 70% rule. A rule that every distributor must sell 70% of their products to retail or to true customers to qualify for performance bonuses. This was far from a decisive victory for Amway, but provided a kind of safe harbor that would keep them from suffering the same fate as Costco and Holiday Magic. Because of these rules set forth by Amway defense, the FTC ruled that Amway was not a pyramid scheme, but were ordered to cease price-fixing and cease misrepresenting profits, earnings, or sales. As we'll talk about later, Amway is far from transparent about how much their distributors actually make.
2: Some of you, right here this weekend, you're going to leave this weekend and for the first time in your life, you're going to say and realize, I've got wings, I can fly, I am a winner, I'm going to do it because I have freedom in America. I believe you are eagles. I believe you can fly. I believe that in America, you can become anything you want to become.
0: Richard DeVos's personal and professional philosophy hinged on the idea of free enterprise. That poverty was a choice. Don't blame society or the government for your problems. Just buy into Amway and lift yourself up by your own bootstraps. This statement from him received a full minute standing ovation.
4: And as I wander and as you wander, you find people who don't believe that people should be rewarded in direct proportion to the effort they put forth. They think that all people should be treated equally, like in the socialistic or the communistic governments. And what that means is that everybody should be equal. What they really mean to say is that everybody should be equally poor. I believe enough in our system that I maintain anybody who wants to and is willing to put forth the effort, can solve their own poverty problem. I think being poor is something many people do.
0: Scattered among their speeches about free enterprise are many, many speeches infused with conservative-leaning messages about the importance of the presence of religion and politics, how much of a mistake it was to elect Jimmy Carter, and fear-mongering about the press
2: governments have always been man's plague. Now you see most people think that in America the only vote that we have is one vote. They're not aware that we have more power than one vote and I'm going to prove to you that the power in America is in we the people and not in they the government. Where we've gone wrong in this country is we don't have a free press anymore. We have a controlled, owned press that owns the same people that own the money on the press. It's called mind control. It's called brainwashing. And it's going on all the time, all over the place. All you got to do is cut that one eyed monster on and you see it happening. Do you care?
0: Well, over many decades, Amway used their influence to whip votes from their distributors which led to many local and state elections being swayed into conservative hands. Most businesses, even in the 1980s, did not take the political positions that Amway did, or encourage their employees to vote one way or the other. Over the 90s and early 2000s, Amway made the most of its growing influence lobbying and donating to political causes. From Nixon, to Reagan, to both Bush Sr. and Jr., the tendrils of Amway spread across the political sphere at the highest levels.
4: I appreciate the DeVos family, one of the great American families, for inviting me to reflect on Rich's love of freedom, his belief in the universal value of human freedom, and his recognition of the responsibilities that come with freedom. And so after World War II, Rich and Jay Ben Andel, came up with a novel idea based on that promise. I am delighted to have this opportunity to talk to so many of the salespeople who help our economy grow and help keep the American dream alive for millions of Americans. In America, if you work hard and play by the rules, you should have all the opportunity you need for a better future. That's America's basic bargain. It's what I've worked to promote as president, and it's what the work of direct selling helps to promote each and every day.
0: That was former President Bush Jr. and former President Clinton speaking on behalf of the DeVos family and the Amway Corporation, respectively. In 1994, Amway gave the biggest corporate contribution recorded to that date to a political party for a single election, $2.5 million to the Republican National Committee, and was the number one corporate political donor in the United States. On February 7th, 2017, Richard DeVos's daughter-in-law was confirmed by the Senate as the 11th Secretary of Education by former President Trump. Her name is Betsy DeVos. Over the last 10 years, Amway and their affiliates have spent $17 million on political contributions, 99% of which were to Republican organizations Political action committees, and candidates, and they've spent $6.4 million on political lobbying. There's only one reason that a company spends money on lobbying, and it's to influence the actions, policies, or decisions of government officials, which includes regulators like the SEC and the FTC. All of Rich DeVos' speeches are infused with political and scriptural references.
4: We believe and have always believed in this country that man was created in the image of God, that he was given talents and responsibilities and was instructed to use them. And this is where it contrasts with everything that Russia and other godless societies are attempting to do. And so I'm asking you to sell America along with whatever business or profession you go into. So then to every man his chance... To every man, regardless of his birth, his shining golden opportunity, to every man the right to live, to work, to be himself, and to become whatever thing his manhood and his vision can combine to make him, this seeker is the promise of America.
0: These kinds of references call to my mind another biblical reference, where Jesus flips tables in the synagogue to drive out people trying to use the significance of religion to sell their products.
3: The other thing that kind of was uneasy to me was just the religious push that they would do. So I'm a believer in Jesus Christ and, but the way they would do it was, it was more of like a, I don't even know how to describe it, but there was times that they would say things that just weren't biblically sound. There was times they would use scripture out of context to manipulate people into doing things, which I didn't appreciate. There was times where, um, they would say things that as somebody who's supposed to be a Christian, I don't think you should be saying that. So it was things like that, that just kind of, I just didn't, it rubbed me the wrong way.
0: Other scenarios were more extreme.
3: There was many instances where people would do extreme things and get praised for them. Um, A lady who had a, she had a baby, like she had a whole baby (laughs) like on Monday and she was on the Tuesday night training like giving training tips and, and this and that. And this lady had a whole baby the day before, and she was praised for it. She was just like, this is dedication. Our mentor was like, you know, this is what, you know, if you want to make it, this is what you'll need to do. It's focus is dedication. And I thought it was nonsense because you just had a whole child. You had a whole human, a little human. You can't Rest, you know, rest, take some time to bond with your child, you know, um, things like that. They would praise extreme behavior. And I thought that that was just very inappropriate. I thought that it was because now you're telling people that in order to get any kind of praise outside of, you know, qualifying for whatever, it's doing these extreme things. And even my sponsor, when we drove down to another meeting later on, I think she had just buried her, I think, cousin the day before. And she so came and she was even talking to me. She's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to go. Like, I'm just not feeling it. And I was like, girl, don't go like, don't go. You just made your." And she was close to her cousin said, girl, it's your cousin. Don't go. And so she ended up going and she got praised for being there. And I was just like, this is to me, it was unhealthy because it set an unrealistic expectation that if you weren't doing things like that, you almost weren't doing right. Another thing that they would do was say, consult upline. So if you were thinking about switching jobs, getting a new car, um, dating somebody, they wanted you to talk to your upline about it first to kind of get their approval. Even things like dating somebody. I remember one guy got up and said that he wanted to switch jobs. Another young guy left school. He left school because his mentor told him to leave school. And I was like, you know, that's a lot of power to give to somebody that I just met because you were kind of taught to blindly trust your upline because they know more, they're platinum, they're way ahead of you, so obviously what they're doing is working, do what they do, but I have a real issue with asking strangers what to do with my life.
0: The Amway of today looks much different than it did back in the 70s and 80s. And in some cases, it remains the same as it has since Dexter Yeager became the kingpin of the cassette tapes.
4: We got fired up because for the first time in our life, we realized that we could control our future by controlling our thinking, that we could show the plan once a month, we could show it once a day, or we could show it once an hour. We could live in a little tiny apartment, or we could live in a mansion.
0: That isn't from the 1980s. This is a crown diamond, Bob Andrews, speaking at an Amway convention in 2014. Not a product mention in sight. We
4: realize we're different. We're entrepreneurs. We're free enterprisers. We have our feet firmly set in the future of America.
2: We want to be free. We want to be debt free.
0: These kinds of conferences were the breaking point for Crystal.
3: Conference is not fun, in my opinion, because you're exhausted. We it's expensive to go, so we all ran a van, drove a van to, you know, the 18 hours it took us to get there and, you know, vans are not comfortable. So we're bouncing along in the van, you know, trying to get some sleep and you can't sleep in those big, long white vans, you know, so we get there and it's nonstop. There's an evening session and then there's a night owl, if you qualify for a night owl, which is where you... If you do a certain amount of PV, you get to stay up with the diamond and they talk to you some more and motivate you some more and tell you some more stories of all the things that they did. And then you have to get up in the morning for a morning session. So it was just, it's just nonstop. And I just didn't feel like it benefited me. I'm the kind of person like, just tell me once and give me the time to actually do it, make my mistakes, learn from it and grow. But their concept was, um, I'm going to overteach you so that basically you can't say they didn't teach you anything because they did. And that's the thing. That's one thing that I really realized that they keep you so busy and so um busy reading books and listening to audios. You're not actually thinking. You're just regurgitating a lot of stuff that you heard or read already. So you don't have a lot of time to think about like, this doesn't make any sense or think about the fact that you're being brainwashed or think about the fact that you're recruiting people into something that's not working. Um, because they're just, they're giving you so much. And I think it's by design. I think that, um, it's by design that you're kind of like not able to think, you don't have time to think because you're so busy just trying to learn all this new material.
0: Over the pandemic, everything went virtual, which in some cases voted well for her. Because unfortunately, so many people were out of work and looking for other opportunities. Yet another conference experience would convince Crystal that Amway just wasn't the opportunity for her.
3: I think it was when we went virtual and we had the conferences online, and we had to pay the same amount online that we did when we were going in person that really like it it boiled my blood. I was just like, why are we paying the same amount? because there was so much money coming out of my account every single month. It was the fee that I had to pay for um the monthly fee for Ltd. It was the PV points that I had to pay for. It was the renewal of amway then i did my taxes i think earlier that year and i didn't of course i didn't it was a loss i didn't make any money and i was just i think all these things added up but that last conference i was like this is silly this is actually really silly what i'm doing it doesn't make any sense and i was like yeah i know i'm not doing this anymore
0: Earlier, we talked about saturation and how it doesn't make sense to recruit and recruit and recruit exponentially, because there's a limited market demand for any product. Well, according to Dexter Yeager, saturation just doesn't exist in Amway.
2: I have to laugh, for 25 years I've heard about saturation, saturation, saturation. (laughs) took me a long time to realize, when you've got a little bitty mind, you believe saturation. When you realize how big the world is and that there's new people coming of age every day, you realize it'll never saturate because there's always more people that'll say no than will say yes. The same guy that tells you about saturation says no. He proves his theory don't work. But he's too stupid to understand it. That's right.
0: I wouldn't exactly call that response a cogent argument. This kind of model only makes sense for a company if your target market isn't actually a consumer of products. Let's go back to my software business example. If I increase the price of my products, market them as a business starter kit, and pay bonuses to independent contractors for bringing in more customers to the business, I can make a decent profit from the product sales, have recurring revenue from fees and monthly volume, and charge for events, which will hold once a quarter. Now, that makes sense. According to Amway's own 2022 income disclosure statement, 32% of all registered IBOs made no compensation And the average annual income for IBOs at the first four ranks was $832. Amway doesn't disclose the income made at the other 18 ranks, nor do they disclose how many IBOs they have at each rank. According to their website, Amway claims to have a network of over 3 million IBOs worldwide. Amway is worth over $190 million, and at the time of Rich DeVos' death in 2018, his net worth was over $6 billion. In my opinion, Amway is the original master of deception. They don't teach you how to sell their products, they teach you how to sell a dream. And meanwhile, the owners and overlords of the Amway board use your money to buy political influence. While Animal Farm was written as a satire and commentary on the Stalinist era, I'll admit that I can't help but feel its farther reaching applications. Napoleon the pig understood a few things. People can be persuaded to endure a lot if they have a powerful end goal in mind. If you can paint your solution as the dream of a perfected existence, they'll remain in your loyalty longer than the average animal. So, is the Amway opportunity really the true freedom they promise? I'll let you decide.
2: Don't you see them?
0: Opportunity Cost is brought to you by Blow Studio. It is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Jill. If you have a story to share, email me at blow.studio at gmail.com. That's blow, B-L-O-W-W dot studio at gmail.com. Follow me at opcostpod on Instagram. That's O-P-P-C-O-S-T-P-O-D. Thanks for listening.
3: She had quite enough.